Today I'm talking to Sharath Kuruganti. He's the host of the Undefeated Underdogs podcast. He's a software entrepreneur and he's striking a really interesting balance between personal priorities and his business life. We talk about his SaaS efforts, his podcast, what it means to run a podcast as a solopreneur, and many, many more interesting things. This episode is sponsored by Acquire.com. More on that later. Now here is Sharath. Sharath, it is so nice to talk to you. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing, uh, I would say, not good as well as not bad. I'm kind of in the balance. Okay. You know, a lot of things going on these days, uh, back it back to back, which are kind of unexpected. And I kind of think that the universe is kind of testing my patience. You know, oh, wow. How how patient can you be, or how much you believe in yourself? You see what I'm saying? So I think. I'm in that testing phase. So usually, generally, my answer is I'm doing fantastic regardless. But I think these days I'm kind of like going through a lot of lows, you know, uh, compared to a lot of highs generally. Uh, but I think, yeah, overall, I'm just grateful. I'm breathing. I have a roof to live. I have, you know, clothes to wear. And I'm talking to you. So uh-huh. <laughs> I'm blessed. Well, I, I really appreciate you just being honest from the get-go. Like uh, that, that is uh, such a build in public founder thing that you're currently doing. That's just like, no, it's not perfect. And we can talk about it. And I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into this because I know that feeling and I occasionally have it myself. And I, I try to, you know, overcome it by just sharing it and giving other people the opportunity to just see themselves and their own peril and their challenges reflected in it. So what's, what's, currently occupying your mind you you are for me somebody who shares a lot of stuff you're, you're building in public you're sharing your personal life from parts of your personal life as they intersect with your professional life and i always see you as somebody who's trying to strike a balance in many different ways so what's what's keeping you off balance nowadays so i think this can be really really petty for people who are listening who has like a bigger problem like you know going through like health problem or something like that so i'm not you know, comparing anything. I'm just going through like a lot of, uh, I think I would say tough for me, particularly in my case, because, uh, you know, A, I'm kind of currently jobless. <laughs> so for folks who are listening, I'm an open agent. You know, if you're listening and if you're hiring, please talk to me. We can talk a lot about that. But uh, yeah, so that is something that's kind of like, I know it's, if if I look back, I've been in these situations many times, meaning I've fallen many times. I've also kind of risen many times, right? So it's not new to me that I'm in this position. It's just new in this situation, which is, A, I, we just bought a new house. Uh, two, uh, my wife's pregnant. We're expecting a baby boy in the next, like, four or five weeks. So it's just like, you know, uh, is it the right timing is what, my mind is right now. So I'm kind of in that phase where I kind of want to deny the fact that, hey, why is it happening to me You know, at this time? But at the same time, there is another side, which is like, hey, man, you know, life's great. Just you know, be grateful for everything you have. So I'm watching this show on Netflix. I forgot the show name. It's about, uh, it's about like, you know, evolution, you know, going back to like millions of years ago, you know, Morgan Freeman narrates it. I think life... Uh, I don't know what show it is. Life on Earth. Life on Earth. I, yeah, that's that's the thing. And in that particular show, he reminds us that once in a while, a civilization, you know, species, 
comes to life and they fade away. They come to life and fade away. So that is something that I'm keeping in mind when I go through these times, like we are going to fade away. It's, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, years, you know, nobody's going to remember us. Nobody's going to remember like, you know, uh, our, you know, the work we do, everything is going to fade away eventually. So that keeps me humble. But anyway, long, 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 you know, to just wrap up the answer. Yeah, it's it's kind of like off balance because, you know, I want to build some things. I want to do my podcast at peace. But this thing is like disturbing. Hey, you're kind of, you know, you're not doing anything. So I'm kind of, I have to practice more self-love, I would say. Uh, so I'm to be very honest, I'm in that situation, juggling between that and like perspective that in perspective so it's a, it's kind of like a struggle ongoing struggle and i think we talked about in our in my podcast as well that is something that i'm accepting okay it's a struggle you know it is what it is let's actually kind of you know see the half classful i'm more of like a half classful guy generally uh, but sometimes you know you stumble right and it's okay to stumble and i keep telling myself okay it's a phase it'll go back you know you once you pass it you look back it feels like you know you made it through. Uh, but living through is like kind of very tough. Again, there are many, 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 many ridiculously hard problems people face. Uh, compared to that, this is pretty much nothing. So I'm, I'm just grateful. But that thought is kind of like, you know, putting me off balance. And as, as you know, you might have noticed as well, I'm not that active on Twitter uh, or social because, you know, I don't want to fake or you know, kind of provide knowledge when I'm not feeling knowledgeable, right? I'm not going through these experiences. I can't like promote or uh, or teach. Again, in your words, you're a teacher. Generally, I, I see myself as well, learn and teach. That's like the cycle, uh, right? We all live as, you know, as founders, entrepreneurs. So I'm not teaching anything because I'm not learning anything at this moment. I'm just going through that, you know, that weird phase. But anyway... It's funny. It's funny that you say that because in talking about this right now, you are teaching. It's just that you're you're not like intentionally transmitting wisdom that you qualify as wisdom. But I think a, a lot of you know, like the teachers that I remember from school. That's kind of my my framework when I when I think about like the the, the, the epitome of teaching, right? Which is not obviously there. There are, there's other kinds of teaching, but the ones that I resonated with as a kid were real people that I could relate to. They were not some kind of authority figure that try to keep everything perfect and and you know their reputation and their status and then they they would give you the divine wisdom that they had. That was people I didn't like, but the people who were just people like me with hobbies, with problems, you know, those I could relate to, build a relationship with, and through their experience, learn something from my own. And I think, particularly among entrepreneurs, your situation right now is so incredibly common among all of us. Most of the time, right? It might not be the exact same thing and it might not be the same kind of problem. I really appreciate that you say that this might not be a big problem for others who have bigger problems, but it is a problem for you. I, I recall I had champagne problems that when, when we sold our business and we had like all that money, all of a sudden new problems came up that felt just as critical. Of, of course, we knew they weren't like compared to somebody else, but even compared to ourselves a couple of years ago, after like, you know, like before the sale, money was a problem. Afterwards, it was not, but new problems come up. And I think it's important to recognize that your problems are uniquely yours. And it's, it's kind of, 
it's unfair to yourself to disqualify them as problems, right? That, that's all I'm going to say about this. Like your situation now is uniquely yours to solve. And everybody's situation is kind of similar in that way, just unique to them. So all, all, all that considered, I, I find it very, very interesting to, to hear you speak about, what was it? Give me a second. I, I'm trying to, to formulate a thought here. We're going to edit this out, but, um, I, 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 f- I find it very interesting that you talk about this kind of internalized need to do something. That's something that I kind of heard just now, right? When you're, when you're unemployed, you're trying to look for a job. Of course, there's fin- finances involved in there, but it also is often, um, I guess, a cultural thing that you internalize. I must work. I must produce. I, I would like to know how this is for you because from, for me personally, I come from like an East German kind of cultural background. There was a lot of hardworking and, you know, working your way up and you have to be present. You have to work. You have to provide. You have to show that you do something. How is that for you? Oh man, I can, I can talk about ours if you have time because, you know, going back to my childhood, there were, uh, we kind of are programmed by the society. A lot of us, when I, I come from India, same culture, similar culture, I would say at least. If you are not working or if you... So basically, they tag everything that you do to respect. So everybody wants to be respectable, right? And I think the need to be respectable is something like I I consider as a disease in the first place. It's a, it's a virus. You know, there is no end to it. Like Like you said... You you go through life, you you grow, and you face new problems in the same way. I think this is one of the problems. Like there is no end to it. Like you, you people can people crave for respect all the time, and that actually is going to hurt them. So where I come from, oh my god, I have to like a, rewire a lot of things when I came to the US. You know, self love. You basically have to be uh, in your own thoughts, do your own thing, chase your own lane. Don't compare. I think those are all completely opposite where we came, where I came from. It's always like, you know, judgmental, always, all the time, you know, be it relatives, be it friends, be it general society. So they, they make you, you know, put a stamp on you saying that, hey, if you're not doing X, Y, Z, you're basically born to it. Not just from a work standpoint, like personally, you can't marry, you know, you can't take divorce. You know, it's it's like a biggest thing. You know, you're basically stamped. You're you're very uncertain in life. They don't consider people's feelings in that way, right? So I can, yeah, it's 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 worse. And the thing I relearned, I rewired when I came here is to see people becoming more abundant and expressing themselves authentically. And people actually respect that more than what you do or what you produce. So. I there I can, I kind of like found a way to be authentic. So my biggest superpower is being authentic. And if I can, if I people can take anything from me, except that they can take basically everything. Like, and I can start from zero by being very authentic, talking to people authentically, being expressing authentically. And there are also downsides, as you know, right? Like, it's not always like a rose bed when you be express so authentic. There are like you kind of you know, encourage people to like, you know, throw shit at you and all that. But it's fine. You know, it's fine playing in your own lane because you want to play in your own lane. It, not because other people want to play in their lane. So I think that's where I kind of 
uh, you know, learned to rewire myself. Okay, let's be fucking authentic. That's it. Don't worry about anything else. And you you do it well, right? I I see you building in public. No, no matter if you post a lot or not, like your personal situation, that is that is it has to come from an honest place, right? And if you don't feel like it, then you shouldn't. I think it's a pretty valid approach to to sharing what you do and what you don't do. I, I think it's it's perfectly fine. But I I do wonder has the consciously and intentionally building in public and sharing this kind of stuff made it easier for you to deprogram yourself from these expectations? Oh, yes, yes. So the first time I kind of like started expressing myself, uh, I've had mixed signals, like even from, you know, my wife. Hey, why are you sharing certain things? You're not supposed to share because we're not supposed to share. Right? So the if you ask people who come from, you know, Eastern culture, we don't generally do things in public. We generally do things in private especially within our family. And there is also like a notion that when you share something bad will happen. Mm -hmm. I, I would actually like slap that person who said that <laughs> when I shared everything, everything good happened to me like over the years. So that is fundamentally where I learned to be like, Oh wow. The benefits, the pros, the upside of building in public is ridiculously good. Whether so that's why I, I actually kind of am leaning far from building. I'm doing everything in public. Like so being in I, public, right? So yeah, living in public. I would <laughs> yeah. say I think, you know, the, the the building in public is sometimes very, you know, congested to what you do professionally, and that's it. That's the end period. But try to actually be authentically sharing, expressing what you're going through internally in your mind. Try that and people will find very interesting about someone expressing and they get the courage to do the same thing. So I feel that is really important. So when someone like, so people like Ryan Hoover, it's not new. Building in public is becoming like a trend now, but generally people are doing ages. Like, you know, they were like, so it's all like there. I found courage when I saw certain people expressing either loss either like, you know, going through tremendous, tremendous amount of time that actually gave me like confidence. So, you know what? I don't want to go to that extent. So one, one thing I say to people when they ask me about how do you build in public baby steps, period. Don't share like I'm going through, you know, divorce. Share that I'm having a bad day. That's it. So start really, really small. Like you're going through like, you know, you're not getting customers. Start sharing like what are some things that you failed at getting customers. So I think if you take baby steps consistently over time, it becomes second nature. And the, the upside, that is a separate episode, I would say. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, one of the, the upsides that I personally felt myself and that I also see you benefiting from is uh, you, you just said something or like a couple minutes ago around like if somebody were to take this all away from you 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 could, would start again but you you wouldn't start from zero right you you have something that your presence people enjoying you being around them and they trusting you with your knowledge and with your honesty that is stuff that no business catastrophe can take away from you because that's kind of your personal brand for the lack of a better term right that's just you 
being projected into the world and people resonate with that. And that's the, the massive upside, right? No matter what happens to any of your projects, even like you lose your job, well, people still love you, maybe even more for the fact that you talk to them about it, right? That is that is just this perpetuated, um, well-meaning intent that people have in a relationship with you. Yeah, 100%. Oh my God, I think, like you said, I think that's what I, I think. When we do things in public, Generally, Eastern culture, they say hate is going to go, hate is going to grow. People are going like talk you talk about you a lot. It's quite opposite. Like people love you, and not everybody is going to love you. That's the that's the biggest star right there. That's the biggest disclaimer. If you do things in public and assume that everybody wants to love you, you're going to fail. People like you find you, and people like exactly in your mindset, in your wavelength, are going to embrace you they're going to love you they're going to like you know share support for you so i think that is enough you don't have to have everything so there is a lot of philosophy in building in public if you think about it right Arvid? like enough like less is enough and, and especially when you do things in public you realize that more 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 you have like 100 customers that's enough you don't have to have a million you know people looking at you so i would say doing things in public do that with that mindset so that you will be at peace or else you'll be constantly judging yourself. Am I doing this right or wrong? Am I doing this? I was there. Trust me, I was there. Like when I share something in public, something is not working. Am I doing this right? Absolutely, you're doing this right, but just not resonating with the right people. That's the answer. So I would judge less when you do things in public and tinker, like build that craft, make make that skill over time by expressing yourself in you know quite different ways. Well, you you just mentioned mindset. I think it's uh, one of the the core the underlying foundations of doing anything really in public or not, right? But uh, doing anything to a certain end. I would like to know how do you currently approach these opportunities? Maybe side projects or you know media projects like your podcast or things that work, things that don't work. What's your mindset right now that you apply to these things? It's all muscle building. That's it. It's all like, you know, if I'm doing podcasts, that means I'm building a muscle of asking great questions. I started terribly. If you listen to the first episode of mine, I was very nervous. I was, you know, stuttering a lot, kind of had a lot of ums, and I didn't steer the conversation. And I'm grateful Jack Butcher, you know, came onto the show as a first guest, which is amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. But I started like completely being an amateur. Side projects. The first did, first project I did called Tools for Makers. It was just a directory of tools. In building that versus what I'm building right now is far more complex. So I think the way I approach these projects are about building that muscle in that particular skill. Like for building, it's building projects, maybe design. How can I be better in terms of executing that product, uh, you know, with collaborating? So I'm learning again. I was a solo maker. Now I'm collaborating with people uh, you know, on these projects. So working as teams, how can I be make make better decisions right whether it is the idea is validating in the public or not you know picking those signals so it's always i think building that muscle and it depends on what you what i do personally like you know writing on twitter building that muscle of writing you know no if i do it like probably in another five more years i might 
be in a position where I can write like bigger articles. I don't know. Oh yeah. Do, do you have like long-term goals with that kind of stuff? Like which, with yeah. each of these lanes? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I do as a founder building products, I want to build a startup eventually. You know, I want to build a profitable, whether it is VC backed or bootstrap, doesn't matter. I want to like build something for myself and for others and do it in the most right way possible, at least to me in my own lane. When it comes to media, Again, asking great questions. How can I hold a conversation? How can I? So I, I get shit scared when it comes to public speaking. So if you go see me six, seven years ago, I wouldn't even have the courage to talk to you, even if you're not in person. So I've developed that. Okay, I'm extremely introvert, but I have to develop this skill. How can I do that? Just hopping on, you know, one-on-one calls with many people. Then, you know, doing, hosting some events, then being part of, you know, some events as guests, then, so it's, it's kind of like a transition process that I've, I've begun like, you know, five, six years ago, I'm still in the path of pursuing that. So that's why media, how can I actually like, you know, hold a conversation? Probably eventually I want to do like something media oriented, have my own show bigger, uh, being, having like in-person events. I don't know. So I think uh, same thing, community. That's one thing I've kind of realized that I can do this. So one thing I want to make sure is that I'm definitely not Michael Jordan. 100%. Hell no. I'm not talented at all. Even I do believe that right now. Completely. <laughs> one thing, again, I'm not a champion, but I do have a championship mindset. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Where I wouldn't let go of things easily i would pursue them with intention and do it in a very 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 micro way to reach the macro building startups i never went to business school never built businesses never sold anything but build that muscle over time launch simple side projects build that small little people of you know community network being an introvert i would never imagine that i i actually have an ability to like host an event, build a community around me, but I'm doing very small. So all these things I'm doing as a founder, content creator, you know, community builder, these all have bigger goals, but I don't know when they're going to happen. That's not my biggest worry. My biggest concern is how am I kind of optimizing it right now to reach there? So yeah, everything is kind of, you know, counts uh, to, to towards that mission of building that muscle. Oh, that's great. And and what a wonderful um, just visual that it's really not t- necessarily only about the things that you you are doing. They are all important and they they all have their own little goals, but the fact that you keep doing them. That's what's the important part. I love this. It's kind of the um the, the what is it like the the process is more important than the result, right? The the path is the goal, not yeah, the path goal. That's the work. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, the the what I also see in you is that you just lean into being an amateur and you're perfectly fine with it. A lot of people have a lot of perfectionism when it comes to showing up for the first time, right? They want their first SaaS to be perfect. They work on it for like a year. They want their first podcast episode to be perfect. They record like 10 different ones and they all kind of suck. They kind of stop, right? So are you just saying it, it's fine to put out stuff that is not perfect, but as long as you put it out? So there is an interesting take, I would say, I think people might like, you know, 
throw shit on me on Twitter for this. You have to be perfect to learn that perfection is a not the right way. So I'm not saying that I woke up with this incredible mindset of hey, let's build small small things over time. No. So if if, if I go back to like 2016, 2015, where I used to like you know do many other things, I used to be like very 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 minuscule about like okay, let's do this in the right way. and spend a lot of time tinkering not shipping so i learned the hard way by failing and taking the shot hitting the rock bottom so i would say people actually should try to be perfect to realize how much perfection stops you to become you know actionable so i learned that way so that i'm like okay now i've decided like i'm now going to be perfectionist i tried that i failed it's not going to help me I kind of started experiencing the other side like put things on you know without being incomplete for example if you go back 2018 2017 look at my tweets you will find a lot of spelling mistakes like literally because the intent there is to like do action so even those small little things i used to like you know tweet about some some of the thoughts i had so many grammatical mistakes again english is not my first language i've learned it by practicing it right and that's something i've become better over the time do things you know in a way that feels uh it it might feel imperfect for others but it it will feel perfect for you because you know perfection is the not right is is basically like you know not the way so that's that's my hard take i would say experience pursue perfection so that you realize it's not the right way then you will like kind of won't go back to that phase so being amateur hell yes i would say you actually also think about it. if you think about it you will be pressureless you'll feel light nobody is going to watch you there is no strings attached and you can be like so authentic so you know do things with fun and i think that's the goal right like getting into that perfection is kind of like you know if it is there there i think that's that's also the the cultural thing we just talked about right this external pressure this where everybody tells you oh if you do this then everything will explode and people will abuse the knowledge that they now have of you whereas but that's just what you said most people aren't really watching i i always and and this can be great like because they don't see what you're doing they can kind of suck because you want them to watch but the the it's it's not really about them not paying attention i think it's about that the fact that their attention is mostly inward focused on themselves like there's no person that cares more about you than you like nobody else cares like everybody cares about themselves the most right so what you do is kind of you are a side character in most people's lives that's that's really what it is and that is perfectly fine you don't have to be more than that right and this this gives you a certain freedom to just be you and have your own little story your own narrative and live your life the way you want it cuz everybody else is so concerned with their main character arc that you can just do whatever you want i think this is very freeing i like that Let's let's look maybe look at the flip side of this for a second because you can stick with things for too long, right? If you're if you're fine with being an amateur forever and you're not making progress, you could effectively waste time on a thing where other things could happen. How how do you deal with this? When do you let go of a thing? Do you have a framework for this or like a priority system? 
Yeah, so I think it comes a lot with practicing self-awareness. So I, I feel like, yeah, absolutely true. Um, you have to make progress. That's the whole point of putting into reps. Again, take my podcast, right? The first thing I did was I kind of looked back. So a lot of retrospect will help you realize, am I doing this the right way? Or where is a slight improvement I can do? So always, I think my philosophy is always look for improvements. And if there is nothing to improve or you feel you're not feeling there's nothing there for me to like improve, that's where you stop. So for me, all of these projects, I had fun while it was there. Like I was building it. It was fun. Kind of like, you know, going after like certain features or like take podcasts, going after certain guests. It was all fun. When I feel like it's not fun anymore, it's like becoming like a burden. It feels like an obligation. That's where you have to like stop. That 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 self-awareness, it should be part of your DNA if you want to become better. Without that, it's really hard. Like you said, you're basically cogging the wheel. You're going to like go in circles doing the same thing without any improvements. So look for improvement. I would always look for, I think the framework, I, would, I don't know if it is a framework or not. Look for improvement. Always go back, do a retrospect of what you're doing be in third people's shoe like other people's shoe and view it your own work in their eyes and you will see oh man this sucks so take an example like last year i i i launched this thing called bluebee and you were you know thanks to you were a big big supporter of that there was support there were people saying that hey we'd love to do this i built certain things spent some time Again, not full-time, but at least like, you know, here and there. And at some point, it felt like I have to do this. Yeah, it's kind of forcing I, yourself. Yeah, Forcing yourself. So I was like, okay, I was going back and forth in the retrospect. Okay, is it the right way to like pursue this or no? So having that self-awareness, you let go. So it's better to like let go. Don't give up. That's two, Those are two different things. People, a lot, many people confuse about letting go versus giving up. I didn't give up. I'm <laughs> giving up is not doing something again, yes. right? Yeah, that's letting true. go is yeah, making room for the next thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're you're intentional. You're kind of opening up to another opportunity or another idea in in terms of being being a founder, right? Yeah, and so, that happened for you, right? That's that that's exactly what happened after that. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So I, I kind of like struggled a lot, uh, and I was like, okay, this is not good. Because A, I thought I would use it and I'm not using it, the, the solution or the problem I have. And that's where I generally, I would ask people to start as well. Are you solving your own problem? Are you be, being your own first customer or first user? If you are not, then even like, you know, don't even pursue. So I realized that late, again, it happens. And then I was like, okay, this, this actually brought me back to ground again. Let's start something new. Then I realized, since I'm a podcast host, since I spend a lot of time on research on my guests to make them feel like home, you know, be very uh, friendly when we talk. It's not like the first time because most of the guests I talk, it's the first time. And the, re the reason I do research is to eliminate that awkwardness and make them feel like, okay, I'm talking to a friend. In order to like do that, I have to like spend a lot of time. So I was like, okay, I have a full-time job back then. I'm working on 
my podcast spending hours well, how can i save my time that's when this simple idea you know came to life called guest lab you just plug in a your guest linkedin you know url and the ai gives you you know good research i would say at the beginning i convinced myself that this is it then after talking to people this is not it <laughs> the ai is going to help you it gives you a head start right it's going to help you take few more steps when you're starting something so then i realized okay again self awareness it's not going to be ground breaking even though it feels like in your own head that's why people come in that's why you have to do things in public you have to talk to a lot of customers users potential users and they will make you realize it's all about signal picking and being aware of what you're doing so yeah i'm, I'm having fun i use guest lab every single episode of mine and have, we have like you know a couple of paying customers uh who are having fun using it so that's all it matters at this point it's great to hear it it's i i'm realizing something like this myself in my own saas business efforts that i do like there are tools that are fun and then there are tools that are useful and fun <laughs> you know like and the moment you you see the difference between them you cannot help but shift towards the one that is useful and fun because it is it is about serving people not just enjoying the process of building right a lot of indie hackers are let's let's just say very self-focused when it comes to building because that's just what they do that's what they love and there's nothing wrong with that i love coding i know building stuff that i've never seen anywhere else before there's a there's a kind of a, a genius moment to this where you feel like wow nobody ever built this and i got to do it right there's, there's a lot of self-centric thinking in in being a maker and I think we have to have this because we need to be the people to build it. But the moment you see other people latching onto it, I think Justin Jackson calls this pull from the market, like the idea that there's demand that is so strong that they kind of come at you and try to, to grab you and get your attention. The moment you find this in one thing and it's not in the other, it is the moment where you pivot. That's the moment where you see, okay, here's some potential. Is really cool, and I I love guest lab. I love the fact that you use it for your own stuff. Like this kind of dog fooding is uh, generally a very good idea. I I try to do the same with all the products that I built to kind of fit them into my my own work. And seeing this for you is really great. Let's talk a little bit about your podcast for which you use it because. First off, I really enjoyed the show. I had the fortune that uh, you, you made the fortunate choice to allow me on the show. That was really cool. Um, and it's it's Twice. also a sh it, what? Yeah, exactly. Twice. Twice. Two times. <laughs> it, that's right. So there's a whole celebration happening about that. Yeah, yeah. The, the show is fun. You have really interesting guests. And like you said, you worked yourself into becoming a much better interviewer that asks interesting and meaningful questions. Like it's, it's really cool to watch this. Now, from the perspective of a software entrepreneur, is running a podcast something that you would suggest for other founders to at least think about? Like, is this something that can add a lot of value to a founder's life, even though they might be introverted? Like, kind of, we both are introverted at the core, but when we talk to each other, it kind of goes away and then we just have fun, right? Because it's, this is kind of more play than work. But is this, is this something you suggest for other founders to start doing as well? Absolutely. Hell yes. I wish I would have started a podcast back in 2018 when I was a maker, like doing my first product. I, sh I should have done media, some sort of media especially audio video back then the reason is uh, 
like I, there are so many upsides one the biggest of the biggest thing is you're being you're interacting with some of the best people in the world again if you choose to invite them on the podcast right a your presentation skills your expressive skills will increase massively over time and b uh, it is going to help you build a personal brand around you no matter what like i think naval said this famously in 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 joe rogan's podcast personal brands are way more important than you know business brands like you know steve jobs personal brand even though he didn't do anything it's a he's a personal brand right right now kanye personal brand like regardless of how controversial he is he's a brand oprah brand like joe rogan brand so the way you have to i think in in this day and age the way you have to build brand one of the ways is to like you know be part of the internet and i think podcast allows you to add that personal touch because you're you're on camera you're talking you're exploring you're kind of brainstorming live and it's it's going to live at least you know certain term certain term like i not not talking about dinosaurs but it's going to live forever in a way because anybody can go back to that particular podcast and listen to two people talking interesting things so i think there are so many upsides personal brand you know you you get to become better especially i i would highly recommend introverts to build podcasts because whether it can be interview style like this or solo episodes so my one of the things i want to do next is to actually launch a show, solo show nice where for to that because you you've done that before and i love your you know format it's it's you come with some certain thoughts you explore very authentically naturally with the people you're listening and it i feel it takes some courage to do that because i would say interview is very easy in my opinion because i've done that before that it was very hard of course yeah. <laughs> so you have to do certain things to make it easy for you and i think uh, the two reasons why i want to do like a solo show is because you learn a lot of stuff and it's very easy to talk rather than write especially if you're not born to be like a writer or you have do, you don't have skill to write just start like recording i would say just record audio don't even put yourself on camera right so again baby steps so yeah 100 hell 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 yes it's it's tough when you think you have to have a show with a streamlined process in the mm-hmm. beginning that's a good point that's yeah. that's it's very tough i think a lot many people they realize because they view you know the danny mirandas of the world thinking about hey these this guy shipped 400 plus episodes let me actually do another podcast and am i okay i can do that because it's not matching so you you should not compare your step 0 to someone else's step 10 that's ridiculous so you have to that's why i came up with this process of the way i do things and you've been on the show twice it's single take that's it so that i feel much more confident about okay i can do this again there is no you know so i i come prepared i i talk to people in a friendly way make them you know human and that's it i don't have any intention to make this as a as a i don't know like a drama thing like a lot many podcasts they have effects they have like music here and there coming they're like you know 
which is amazing, not for me. So you have to have that. You have to write your own rules if you want to become a podcaster. Really follow that and improve over time. So in the beginning, there was no intro; it was straight up episode, and that's it. Then I improved. Like, okay, let me actually add an episode, even uh, intro. Even in the podcast, the way I do things slightly changed. So small, small, small improvements. So I feel I will eventually go there where it's like you know hire a big producer, like you know, and bigger editor and all that. So the jazz is not the right way to start. It will the jazz will come later. So have your own rules, but hell, hell yes to that question, hundred percent. People all, I think there should be more podcasts than ever. I would say. Yeah, and there's space, right? That's that's the wonderful thing. I was actually like on, on this show last week as this comes out, I was talking to Yong Su Chang and he has a very well-produced podcast. Like that that guy's show is has edit, editors and and all kinds of like voiceovers and stuff, and that is fine. There are people who love this kind of show, then there are people who love this kind of show, and then there are people who love your kind of show, right? There's there's uh there's so many potential to find the right audience for you that your style will if 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 it's if it is approachable which i hope it is you know like everybody's everybody has interesting thoughts and everybody has something that people can relate to so if there's something there you will find the people who like it and like you said in uh in the beginning like you you're not for everybody if you if you're working in public and podcasting is effectively working in public you are for somebody you just have to find the right somebodies and put the other people that are not those somebodies shove them towards somebody else who they are for or who is for them. Right. I think that's, that's one thing that I'm noticing in our kind of podcaster community. Some audiences, you know, there's, there's no match necessarily between two hosts, but they can get some people from their own audience that are not too happy to the other audience. And then people from that audience into their own, there is enough space for all of us. I think so. I I very much. I think the pie is bigger for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a growing pie. Right? Yeah, it's, it's oh my god, it's a ridiculously bigger pie. I would I would say focus on your piece. Don't don't aim for the whole pie. Oh, that's that's this, a great idea. This is for not just podcasting, even generally in like life, right? Like you know, you you can't make a million friends. You will only have one or two, or five or ten. That's it. So less is enough is what I think. I repeat myself. Podcasting, same thing. You can't really attract. Lex Friedman level audience, you know, because that's his game. Again, choose your own lane, pick your own lane, but be better in your own lane. That's really important. If you're not becoming better or improve yourself from your previous episode in podcasting case. Yes. That's that's the that's the secret, right? The secret to Lex Friedman, to Joe Rogan, to Tim Ferriss, and all these people that we admire as these massive podcasters, like they are at episode six hundred fifty. You know, they they've done this for decades. Particularly Joe Rogan, is he has like a, a history that that goes like back to this eighties or whatever. Like these people have been in radio, they've been in spoken word forever, they've been in the communities forever for a long time. And again, that's their step 10, maybe their step 100, right? And if you start today, all you really need to do is to get a mic. We might not even need a microphone. You can just use your iPhone because that is a good enough mic for most cases. And you just need to start recording. That's really where it is, right? That's it. The, the, the step one is really important, you know, and Joe Rogan wouldn't have, I would, I would bet my life, he would never would have gotten the $250 million deal 
any company when he started. No, so for sure. It's just reps. You know, he's becoming so much better. Now it's like, you know, it's in his blood. So I think the, the biggest goal is how can a skill become part of your DNA? Yeah, I like that. And it kind of boils down to your built the muscle approach, right? Like you can, it's not part of your DNA yet when you start. It's it's kind of in your mental DNA. You want it to be in your physical DNA, but you have to put in the work and you have to consistently show up. That's that's certainly what it is. All right. Okay. Well, what? where do people go if they want to see you show up? Huh? Oh, yeah. I think mostly Twitter, I would say. Uh, my handle is at 5-H-A-R-A-T-H because I couldn't find S-H-A-R-A-T-H. So it's kind of like, you know, Lead speak. A little bit. Awesome. <laughs> Get, got creative there. Instead of S, I, I went with five. So that's where I, I mostly, you know, hang out. I do have a podcast, you know, uh, Arvid was here a couple of times. I host this podcast called The Undefeated Underdogs. I'm an underdog. I've been underestimated my whole life by a lot of people. I, I love being underestimated because it's it's a fuel for me. And I talk to people who, who are in the same boat and how they turned obstacles into opportunities. So I host that. But yeah, you can you can also reach me out through email, sharat at hey.com. Mm-hmm. You know, just nice. Cool plug. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you, that's 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 a flex. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one word hey hey.com. I got one with my first name as well. So we're both in the in the same boat. That is really cool. Yeah. That like your podcast is fun because it's real. I really appreciate that about it, right? There are a lot of shows that highlight like some CEOs' successes in some billion-dollar company. Those are not underdogs, and they are also not undefeated. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they they live a life of projection and stuff. People on your show are really, really cool, insightful, and they teach. Maybe this brings us back to the the beginning of this conversation. Like all you do, a lot of what you do is teach by example, by showing up relentlessly. And I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for doing this. And thank you so much for talking to me about it today. Oh, that means a lot coming from you, Arvid. You know, I love you so much for who you are. And I kind of steal some of your authenticity and kind of rub it on me so that I can be more authentic. So appreciate nice. you uh, for inviting me. This has been, you know, fun conversation. You know, I love, I love it. Thank I love you. I love you too, buddy. That is really, really cool. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. And thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. And that's it for today. I will now briefly thank my sponsor, Acquire.com. Imagine this. You're a founder who's built a really solid SaaS product. You acquired all those customers and everything is generating really consistent monthly recurring revenue. That's the dream of every SaaS founder, right? Problem is, you're not growing for whatever reason. Maybe it's lack of skill or lack of focus or lack of interest. You don't know. You just feel stuck in your business with your business. What should you do? Well, the story that I would like to hear is that you buckled down, you reignited the fire, and you started working on the business, not just in the business. And all those things you did, like audience building and marketing and sales and outreach, they really helped you to go down this road, six months down the road, making all that money. You tripled your revenue and you have this hyper successful business. That is the dream. The reality, unfortunately, is not as simple as this. And the situation that you might find yourself in is looking different for every single founder who is facing this crossroad. This problem is common, but it looks different every time. But what doesn't look different every time is the story that 
here it just ends up being one of inaction and stagnation because the business becomes less and less valuable over time and then eventually completely worthless if you don't do anything. So if you find yourself here, Already at this point, or you think your story is likely headed down a similar road, I would consider a third option, and that is selling a business on Acquire.com. Because you capitalizing on the value of your time today is a pretty smart move. It's certainly better than not doing anything. And Acquire.com is free to list. They've helped hundreds of founders already. Just go check it out at try.acquire.com slash Arvid, me, and see for yourself if this is the right option for you, your business at this time. You might just want to wait a bit and see if it works out half a year from now or a year from now, just check it out. It's always good to be in the know. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Founder today. I really appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter at Avitkal, A-R-V-E-D-K-A-H-L. And you find my books and my Twitter course there too. If you want to support me and this show, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Get the podcast in your podcast player of choice, whatever that might be. Do let me know. It would be interesting to see. And leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It really makes a big difference if you show up there because then this podcast shows up in other people's feeds. And that's, I think, where we all would like it to be, just helping other people learn and see and understand new things. Any of this will help the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and bye-bye.